What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in, as always. This week on the show, we have S.G. Ali, who's coming straight out of Chicago, near North Chicago. She explains a lot about the geography of Chicago and different neighborhoods and such. Really interesting life story and um, great music. Super melodic, catchy. She just really got it. I got put onto her by my friend Jeremy, Jeremy Careless, Careless. Now that I'm saying his name out loud, I'm not sure that it is pronounced Careless, but it kind of reads that way. Uh, shout out Jeremy if you're listening. But yeah, he's put me onto some great artists in the past, and he's put some chips on S.G. Ali, and I trust his opinion. And her life story was, wow, it's interesting. So back when I restarted the show a little over a year ago, I mentioned in the very first intro that I was going to try to get a full year's worth of episodes uh, in, a, in a weekly cadence, 52 episodes in a row. That was the goal. And this is the 50th episode. So two more after this before I achieve my goal. That said, I didn't achieve like 100% of the goal because I did take some time off over the holidays and I did take a month off for paternity leave. But for all intents and purposes, when I was active, we didn't miss a single week to my recollection. I'm pretty sure that while we were keeping a weekly cadence, we kept the fucking weekly cadence, which was a big goal. And it was hard. And a lot changed. A lot changed in that it used to be me and Ben... And during our hiatus, Ben's life took off and he got a good job and he didn't really have too much time for this anymore. So to try and keep him involved at first, I started editing the podcasts, which I didn't realize was such a fucking labor intensive ordeal. It takes me a good six to eight hours to edit each one of these, which is a lot. It's a lot of work. And eventually... He just didn't have time for it, so I met Avery, who's been doing the mixes now at another gig, and he came on and has been a huge help, but yeah, so the show has completely changed in the last 50 episodes. Beyond that, I've also kind of realized like, oh, YouTube's not enough anymore. A podcast isn't enough anymore. It has to be a whole social media machine, and I'm not a a huge social media person. I don't have that sociopathic gene that makes me want to be in front of the camera all the time showing everybody how cool everything I do is even though it is obviously cool as fuck don't get it twisted but I just can't be that guy who's like oh I want to do everything cynical to go to go viral Uh, I want to put my whole life out there to go viral like no I don't want to do that and I don't because my life is happily boring and I don't want to do fuck shit to get famous but I definitely started flexing a lot more uh, editing stuff and and really trying to push the Instagram more. And now I'm realizing that I'll need to start pushing the TikTok more because that's the next wave. Um, But yeah, a lot has changed in 50 episodes. And I'm looking back and sort of reminiscing and going like, wow, when we first came back, I thought that I could just be doing everything I was doing in 2017 uh, or 2018 And nah, the game had completely changed and I had to adjust accordingly and I'll keep adjusting as I keep doing this stuff moving forward. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I came in with some hubris and, and 
that's something that I'll never get rid of. I will always have like some blissfully ignorant cockiness that just allows me to go, yeah, I'm going to fucking, I'm just going to dive right in. And then you just adjust as you go. But yeah, accomplished our goal because uh, I already have the next two episodes recorded. So 52 episodes straight, man, that's pretty wild. Pretty, pretty impressive in my own head. I'll be proud of that. Um, I haven't done that since 2013. I only did 52 episodes in a row one year ever, and that was in 2013. And so here we are uh, eight years later in 2021, and I did another 52 episodes. Wild. We've been looking at houses, like I told you guys. Seen some open houses. Some stuff that I like, some that were discouraging. Prices are crazy, but I'm really trying to set up some generational wealth for my son. Um, I really think as long as he's smart enough to not sell the house that we end up buying uh, after his mother and I pass away eventually in the in the distant future, that at least he'll always have some income coming in regardless. Like he could just own a house, rent it out or whatever, you know. Um, he had a couple rough nights where he wasn't wanting to sleep through the night. There was one night all of a sudden, it was very uncharacteristic where all of a sudden he just woke up at 1.30-ish after putting him to bed at 10.30. So, he, you know, he slept a nice little three hours, which some parents would die for, I'm sure. For us, it was uncharacteristic because he'll usually sleep four and a half to six hours already at this point. He's 10 weeks old now. Yeah, he woke up at 1.30 and wouldn't go back to bed till like 4.45, and we just couldn't figure it out. He wasn't fussing. He wasn't crying. He wasn't super stressful. He was just fucking awake and, like, trying to kick it. Like, if you put him on the changing table, he'd be smiling and trying to uh, bleh, bleh, do his little, like, baby cooing talks, and we just couldn't figure it out, so we had to switch up the routine, and... Now, when I get up in the middle of the night to feed him, I just go straight to the little nursery room and I put on this little white noisemaker thing called the hatch. Kind of neat, brought to you by the hatch. And just rock him and feed him. And I shush the whole time. I go, shh, 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 ASMR. Shh, this is an ASMR podcast. And I just keep it super calm and super chill and I feed him and I don't make any noise. I don't respond to him if he's looking awake and smiling and stuff. I just quickly change his diaper, shushing him the whole time I'm doing that. After we did that or after I switched up that routine and started doing that, now it's like, boom, wake him up, change him, feed him, have him back asleep in the room in about 15 to 20 minutes total which is marvelous. And then now he's back to only waking up one time in the middle of the night, usually around 2.30 or 3. He's back to bed by, you know, 3 or 3.30, sleeps till 6 or 6.15. And that's not such a bad routine. We're doing pretty good. I feel like we're figuring it out. He's already, like I said, 10 weeks, and he's starting to really need some stimulation. He's wiggling and getting... His motor functions are getting uh, noticeable and he's starting to want to touch things when you hold him in front of his face a little bit. And like I said, he's really cooing a lot. And if we coo back to him, he'll have like a full coo conversation with us where he's like, ah, la, la. Not maybe, no, no L sounds, I'm lying. But he'd be like, ah, la, la. He'll go, ah, ah. It's very fucking cute. It's crazy how cute it is. You know, I just, man, 
it's really it's really human how much you just fall in love with your baby. It is so human. That's the only way I could describe it. So instinctual. I've been taking him to the same park that I take Cooper to every day. So it's like little daddy, doggy, baby time. And that way I give Mia a chance to either take a bath or take a nap or currently she's working on a paper uh, for school. So I just give her this little like hour and a half where I just go off with the baby. And um, that's been really nice. That's part of my routine. That's been my COVID routine. The one place I go to the park every day. That's it. Everybody freaks out. Oh my God, Ali, he's so cute. He's asleep the whole fucking time. I just strap him to this little chest, little ergo baby thing, and he passes out. You cannot keep him awake when he's in one of those things. It's crazy. It's getting harder to kind of make these intros, I'm realizing, and talk about what's going on in my life or what's going on with me like I always used to because for the eight years on and off that I've been doing this, these would always be about like, what happened to me this week? What happened to me? What did I feel like? What did I do? It was my little diary, you know? And then as soon as you like get married and then you have a kid, your life really doesn't become about you anymore. Your life is not really about you anymore. It is about doing the things to help your family thrive and survive. And if, if anything ever does happen to me interesting during the week, I don't fucking remember it half the time, but then, yeah, mostly life is in a really nice, smooth, happy, boring place, which is cool too, so I guess it's good problems to have that I don't have shit to talk about in these, but I'm trying. (laughs) I need to start keeping a notepad around for like stuff that happens, but also nothing ever happens. That's a great song by Deer Hoof. Nothing ever happens. Uh, Anyway, fuck it. Let's get into it. S.G. Ali... You can go hear her perform A Reason on our YouTube channel. Great song, motivational. You know, she talks about it in the show that uh, even though she writes music about the streets, she tries to write music that is motivational to look beyond the streets, to do better for yourself. And A Reason is definitely a motivational song for sure. A lot of her music is motivational. Her Spotify page is really easy to navigate and, and get a good idea of of who she is. And she has a project coming out very soon. I think she's uh, going to be a sure thing. So check it out. Listen to it. Give it a chance. Here's my conversation with S.G. Ali. How long are you out here for in L.A.? A whole week, so I leave Friday. Yeah, from where? Like, you talk about, like, specifically? No, I'm talking about where did you come from that you're in L.A.? I'm from Iraq, Chicago. You're from Chicago? Yeah. Born and raised, yeah? Born and raised. Born and raised, yeah. And this is your first trip to L.A.? Hell no. You've been out here a bunch? This is, like, my second home, though. Really? Hell yeah, this probably... I lost count now how many times I've been here, but if... I can remember probably seven or eight. All because of just music industry shit. Oh, not well. Really, I just started doing real stuff, yeah. real music stuff since I got with Steady Lane. But other times it was like just 
going with the flow networking, going to studio, just basic stuff, but never really around the right people, you know? I got you. What was it that, like, first brought you out here? Like, as far as networking goes, did you have some leads, or was it just, like, a dollar and a dream? One of my friends was like, man, you should come out there to Cali. And one of my other friends was going here, a rapper. But and my my homie PJ, he, like, always, he travel a lot. So he like, man, just come on down, pay for your flight and everything. But I really wasn't feeling it, you know? Yeah. Like, nah, I ain't trying to come down. And he like, you don't like it, we go back home. Right. We go down there. We went to a couple studios and shit, been around a few people. I probably went home, like, my third day. Wasn't really feeling it, you know? So you just left early? Yeah, I left early as fuck. Was it, like, a culture shock? Or what was it? Why weren't now, you feeling I was, it? Because it was, like... You come to Cali, Cali is just like a business place. Like, it's not nowhere you go constantly take trips to and live your life. Everybody is working. The whole atmosphere is work. Somebody doing something. So it's like, if it is fun, you're going to do that in one day. Yeah. You're going to run all that out. So it's like, I could go back home and be making some money or go to do some other stuff that I want to do. So you felt like you were just here spending money, not making money at the time? She PJ was spending money. He okay. gonna hit us. He, yeah. he was spending money. <laughs> hey, shout out PJ spending that money. <laughs> it's interesting to hear other people's view on LA because I I definitely felt that way at some point in my life of like, oh LA, like all these fucking people that are so busy and think they're doing something. And now I live like sort of in the burbs in LA yeah. and it's like very slow and normal and I'm just like I haven't been in traffic in probably five <laughs> years you know what I mean and I'm just like I don't understand this experience anymore because when you're out here you start to build your lifestyle around yeah. like what you want it to be you know what I mean exactly. really a lot of options but anyway that's enough about me <laughs> what part of Chicago are you from the near north side so okay. I'm it's called near north because we buy the fucking Gold Coast and downtown. Yeah. So that's the north side, but when you go deeper, that's uptown. So I'm near north, Cabrini Green, Project, you know, Division, Chicago Avenue. Yeah. All right there. Okay. You no, know, born and raised, man. What was growing up there like? See, I tell people all the time it was safe. Like, yeah. this world we living in today now is like just so much chaos and BS and like no structure, no rules, no guidance and shit like that. So growing up, before I really got aware, I was protected. Like, these niggas wouldn't shoot in front of us. They wouldn't, even with my mama. Like, I always heard stories about how they had to be in the crib at 7 o'clock, you know? Yeah. Like, my mama always told me stories about how it was, and it was a little different when I was older. And so, like, probably when I got to, like, 7th or 6th, it started changing, and it started being, like, every other part of the or Chicago or the world because you had like only certain places was dangerous and didn't have it. Then it caught it started to be like everybody. So I started seeing that in my hood now because niggas is just shooting in front of kids. Like I've been in crossfires with my little sisters and shit and niggas using us as shields and shit like that. So oh it's, it started changing. You feel me? So now it's like about Chicago. It's no more just Cabrini. Yeah. Because it's, it's like basically like gone. So they took away our home Took away our safety, took away our rules. Yeah. But one thing we still blessed with is one block. Uh huh. One block, which is great because I still have somewhere I could pull up to and fall asleep in my car if I wanted to. Yeah. I still have somewhere I could go sit when it's boring because I can't do that anywhere else in Chicago. Uh-huh. So Cabrini always been safe for me. Yeah. And you know, it's a couple dumb people that's from Cabrini that did dumb shit around kids, but it's it's still safe to this date for me. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, right. For sure. So uh, the Cabrini Green projects, are you saying the buildings got torn down? Yeah, the buildings got torn down. Dude, they tore down a lot of they like projects out every in Chicago. Every last one of them and like 
I swear, like I thought I knew everything about where I was from. Yeah. Jeremy hit me one day with some about this building and I just had to ask my mama and she like, Yeah, that building was torn down way before you was even born. So Which one is that? I didn't even I don't even remember the name. Every let Mayor Daly took down every project in Why? Chicago. Why did they do that? I think that was the dumbest move ever. Yeah. Because I know I'm not even if people not from my projects, there's so many projects that was in Chicago. We all felt that way. Like, we all was one big family. Like, that's your cousin, and you probably don't even know, you know? Like, we was one big family. And they made that, he, Mayor Daly, to this day, yeah. he fucked that up. Like, and once he did that, he wasn't even in office no more. Like, he really? left. What do all those families do that get displaced from those homes then? The only thing they was offered was, like, CHA and Section 8. Yeah. You feel me? So it's like you either, you was off of CHA, which was the new version of Cabrini. Uh-huh. But if you move in those, you have to stay in those. Okay. You feel me? That, yeah. That's what CHA is. Now, Section 8 is something different. It's a it's a, it's, it's a bigger blessing, I guess, yeah. for, for people in poverty. So it's like you got government help. Yeah. If you don't have a job, you got Section 8. You don't even need a job to keep your rent paid. Right. Because Section 8 would handle it for you, you know? Right, right. So that's what people was offered. And then you got some people that, that stayed, like, even in what we have left. Right. Nothing that changed. They stayed there. Yeah, yeah. Your parents are also from Chicago? Yeah. And your grandparents? My grandparents. How many generations? My whole family. I'm not even going to say whole generations yeah. because they come from like Mississippi. From the and, South. Yeah. Because there was so, a great migration up to Chicago. Yep. Like, a lot of us, our older generations came from like those South. places. Yeah, yeah. So they be telling us and shit. But I can say back to my my granddaddy mama and yeah, my granddaddy mama and my grandma mama. Yeah, like, yeah. That's how deep, that's probably about the yeah. most I So your great grandparents and then... Tons of aunts, uncles, cousins. Yeah, but I'm only only one side of my family is from Cabrini. Okay, you feel me? Yeah, yeah. the rest are from other parts of the Chicago. The rest that's from South Side. Yeah, mostly my my daddy's side of the family is mostly the South Side. Yeah, my mama Cabrini. So tell me about that. Like, if you run into your cousins that are from South Side, or if you go visit them, is is it like a whole different world than from Cabrini, or what? It is. Yeah, it is kind of a different world. Yeah, but it was it was good to like not have a two parents from the projects yeah because it was like i got to see a different side at a young age yeah and most of my friends and people that was around they had to stay there because that's they whole they whole family grandma auntie everybody living in the projects i had people outside of the projects so i was able to move around is the south around. like the south suburbs no, no? south see yeah. see see a lot of i see a lot of states they be like south this south that yeah. see we got it like in chicago it's like you got the west side the yeah. south side east and the north but then you go like you think about the suburbs. Like, yeah. we don't even really think about the suburbs. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, like, right, right. Oh, no. W- what did your parents do as you were getting raised? Man, my mama wasn't working. My daddy was a trapper. Yeah. You know? So, uh, my my family was really hardworking people, though. Like, yeah. My dad, like, we ain't even going to count my daddy. Like, everybody who raised me, my mama, my granddaddy, my grandma, aunties, they always workers. Yeah. You know, they worked. They bust their ass. Right. What kind of work? My mama worked. She always did like customer service shit. Yeah. My my whole daddy side of the family is like a fucking family business in the post office. So like all my 
most of my daddies had work at the post That's office. That's a great job. And they all been there for generations. One of the best government jobs you could have. I mean, sometimes I really think about quitting it all and just trying to Bro, apply to the post shout office. Shout out to my grandma, man. She's been working there forever. Um, And so... I mean, I'm just going to say, we talked about it off air. You got young parents, right? Yeah, I got young parents, yeah. man. My mama was 14. My dad was 15. So. That is, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I, You know, I was telling you, I just had my first kid at almost 40, and I'm like, I can't even imagine at 14. Wow. Um, have you heard the story about when you when you're born? Man, were, were your parents, I, like, I worried? I heard a lot. I yeah. heard a lot. My mama always was like, um, she was 13 when she got pregnant. Oh, my god. She was 14 when she had me. Yeah. So it was a secret, but you know, in that time, abortions was real. Like yeah. it was popping. Yeah, of course. So, but thank God for my granddaddy who in heaven right now. He stopped my mama from getting an abortion. Like, no, nah, she gonna hide his baby, you wow, know? Because really? of him, I'm still here. You feel yeah, me? So, yeah. and then my daddy was 15. They was they one year apart. Right. So he's in what, like ninth grade? She's in eighth grade, something like that. Yeah, but he dropped out of school once I was born. Yeah, to just to handle business. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma. My grandma. And my granddaddy, my mom and my daddy, that's my mom and my daddy, you know. Yeah, yeah. They they tens of years away from me, you know. We yeah. got we got bonds, we we have an understanding. My mama, my granddaddy and my grandma was like my mom and my daddy. Of course. You feel me? Yeah, so of course. That's how I went. Yeah, I mean, tell me about that dynamic with your mom and dad being so close in age you know i have a lot of people that sit in that chair you're in who tell me like oh yeah i'm i'm the youngest child my oldest sibling is 13 years older than me my oldest yeah. sibling is 14 years older than me so like ha having parents that are that um close in age to you what's that like growing up do they feel more like an older brother an auntie or uncle or like no nah, never yeah. would i have my never would i make them like feel right. like they my friends of course because they my parents yeah so it's always respect so yeah, I'm not one of them kids, like, uh, I don't really, like, play with my mama too much or play with my daddy too much. Like, it be to a certain extent because they still my parents, yeah. you know? Yeah, And never look at them. Like, but me and my daddy, we definitely got, like, a brother-sister bond because, like, I could tell them anything, you know? Even with my mama, like, I never had to hide nothing from them. I think that's probably why a little bit is it's good that they young, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do they talk to you about the fact that, like, they had to grow up with you while you're growing up? Yeah, I get told a lot, you know? Yeah. I be, But a lot of the stuff that they tell me, uh, like the stories they told me, like, growing up, I try to be, like, prevented from with my siblings because it won't happen with me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it won't right. happen with me. You see how I am, but right. I be trying to get my sisters and brothers like, nah, that ain't like how you want it to be, you know? Yeah, yeah. How many brothers and sisters do you end up I having? I got four sisters and five brothers. And all from the same? Uh, nah, okay. you know, my daddy got the, he got the dream team and my mama got three, <laughs> you know? My pops got, the, yeah, my pops got the dream team. Yeah. My mama got three kids, me and my sister and brother. Then my daddy got, Four girls, four boys. I'm the oldest of everybody. Wow. Your dad have four boys and four girls? Yep. Holy smokes. <laughs> uh, so you, you got a lot of brothers and sisters. Yes. Yeah. Did, did any of um, your siblings end up with the same creative uh, gene as you? Yes. Yeah. Probably 70% of them. Really? Yes. Any other musicians? They all want to do it. I'm going to say, like, my, my little sister, Mari and Kari, like, they got their own little lane. But, like, yeah. my mama, daughter, she want to rap. She do she do rap. My daddy got two sons that make music. Yeah. Then my little brother, he, like, real creative as fuck. My little brother, Alante, he creative as fuck, like, in any. He know how to act. He just, like, one of those entertainment-ass yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. Then one of my brothers just played sports 
crazy. Every sport you can really? name. Yeah, Other yeah. than like soccer, you know, like he could play any sport and he good at it. Yeah, right. Yeah, but the rest, like 70% of them want to be like me, like music. Even my baby sister, she be sending me videos of her singing and stuff like Beyonce and yeah. shit. But like, it's probably in my genes. A- anybody, uh, anybody bar up on you? Any of your siblings? Uh... No, nah, I always tell them yeah. they could be good, but they're not going to be better than me. <laughs> right. I always tell you them gotta, that. As the they're oldest, you'll always be, be the better best. better than me. That's I, it, I'm going yeah. to die the best with them. Yeah, that's it. Did either of your parents have musical aspirations? My daddy. He did? Yeah. Yeah. So did he ever put out any music, any records? Yeah, you could go on MySpace and see, see him and my cousin. I don't Paul. know if you can't go on MySpace <laughs> anymore, <laughs> but I'm sure it's up I there somewhere. I still know my, my MySpace password to this day. No shit. I, it works? Yes. I didn't know that. It's, it's, it's all updated and looking all different, you know? It looks weird now, huh? Time fucked up. We on Facebook now, so. I remember <laughs> a few years ago, there was like a MySpace resurgence and they like invited a bunch of people to the office. Yeah, like, trying to hey, bring come. it back. Yeah, yeah. It is not happening. And it was like cool for like a week. It Justin Timberlake happening. was somehow involved. Yeah, weird shit. Yeah, he got music on um on the. I used to listen to his CDs. My daddy and my cousin had a little CD. Yeah. And I used to always get like walkie talkies and CD players for Christmas and shit. So I listened to the CD every day. I used to take it to school, let my friends hear it. So you would be bragging on your dad. Yeah, like, oh, my, man, daddy my daddy a rapper. Tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my daddy rap, but you know. He ain't better than me, though. <laughs> I was going to say, do you ever revisit <laughs> He's not be like, better than me. He yeah, know. yeah. He know. Like, what kind of rap was it? Who would you compare him to now? People who always, like, reminded me of my daddy was, like, T.I. Oh, yeah. That was a great era. Which made him my favorite rapper. Yeah. At, especially growing up, because I was, like, I was so in love with my pops, you of know? Of course. So, T.I. was, like, he one person that really reminded me of my daddy in a way. Yeah. For sure, for sure. You said my granddaddy and my grandmom were, were like my parents, kind of. W- yeah. Which one, moms or dads? They, it was uh, my mama. It was it's really crazy because yeah. it's like my mama, daddy, and then my daddy, mama. Oh yeah, you feel me? So yeah. it's like from two two sets, two different ones. So it's like my grandma. They they know their kids was young, so yeah. it's like my grandma did what my daddy could. Then my my granddaddy was just like he was always my father figure, you know. Yeah. He was always my father figure, a good man working hard, you know. Yeah. He had his he had his ups and downs and shit, but it was my my grandma, and then you got my granddaddy. But my granddaddy worked so hard, like he couldn't really watch me, but my grandma could okay, because yeah. we got a house, she got a crib, a whole bunch of kids, you know. Yeah. So I see my granddaddy mostly on weekends, be mostly with my grandma. Yeah. You know. So. Were you a Were you a um, creative as a child already? Were you drawing? Were you no. making me? What were you doing? Were you mischievous? One thing I used to try to do was draw. Yeah. It never came out right. And then once I got older, I always was in love with 106 and Park. Yeah, of course. Always. And yeah. this probably was like when I had to stay with my uncle, he was like, he got a he got a wife and she was religious. So it was like living in a house, you got to go by their rules. So a certain shit they didn't let us watch on TV. And but I was always in 106 and Park. I yeah. was always able to watch that. Like, that was my shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And then... um. I got to school, got to go into General Academy, probably exactly around fourth grade. Yeah. That's one of the, the schools in Cabrini. We got like four schools over okay. there. Yeah. But that was one I went to, and it was an art school. Oh, wow. And they see everything before. Like, even if they, they know you need glasses. Like, yeah. they know you could do this. They know you could do that. Yeah. But they watches us. So, of course, they teach us. And one day the teacher came and grabbed us, and he was... Uh, my, my art teacher, Mr. Spider, he formed a group called Friday Crew. Yeah. Now, if you want Friday Crew, every Friday you're getting out of class. That's right. But you're doing, you either making a beat, you recording a video, or you rapping. In fourth grade. 
fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, all the wow. way up. You was able to be in Friday crew once you was in fourth grade. So they picked up on the fact that you already had some. But you still had the audition. Age. You feel me? You still had the audition because you're gonna make it. Yeah. So me, I played the drums to audition and I rapped. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I knew how to play the drums. How'd you figure how'd you learn how to play the drums? My music teacher, Mr. Jordan. Okay, yeah. We had a drum team, but we won we won like a band. Yeah. That had the motherfucking I forgot what the drums called when the big ass bass and shit. It was like some of us was on the snare and some of us was on the bass and we already all on beat, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we it was always like a Christmas assembly, a a motherfucking spring assembly, some type of assembly going on. Where you guys were, were playing drums. Playing drums or rapping. Yeah. And when I used to rap. What were you rapping about in I was freestyling, bro. I didn't even know, like, I knew I could write a poem. Yeah. I knew I know how to rhyme. That's the only thing I like to do when I make a poem. I'm never like, this, 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 everything I say going to rhyme. So, yeah. But I knew I could rap, too, and everybody else knew it. So I got on the stage, and the first thing I did was a Millie. At Jenna, me, Dejoy, Millie, LS Millie. You know, we all were just going to. You did to, a Millie. A Millie, Lil Wayne. Yeah, yeah. I freestyled. Millie, My mama there, was there. Yeah. My mom was there. She was crying. It was her first time ever seeing me do anything. Wow. I was still a kid, you know? Yeah. Ponytail in my head and shit. Yeah. And then it just started getting deeper and deeper because I started writing poems for the class and shit. Yeah. And my poems, like, do something to the schools. So I'm like, I'm always freestyling and shit. I start writing. And this is all in fourth grade. Fifth. It's all started from fourth. That's when my my it started. Yeah. So then once it get to like fifth and sixth, we all learning stuff. So you got pe- different people in the neighborhood that can record you or do something. It's probably not the best quality, but it's yeah. a start, especially in that time. So this is like some amazing outlier shit. You, <laughs> you were like really in the right place at the right time. For, yeah, to, to but like hone and, your and I've been I've been working. Like working on my music for so long. Yeah, it, it's really wild. That like f- third, fourth, fifth grade years when people really start tapping into their creativity yep. shit. And as wild as this is, when I was in fourth grade, or actually when I was in third grade, that's when I started writing poetry. In fourth grade, that's when I started memorizing everybody's raps and exactly. writing my own raps. And by fifth grade, sixth grade, I had my own little rap group. I had my own rap group. Me and my homie, we was SIK. And what did that stand for? So icy kids. So icy kids. Yeah, we, so yeah. icy kids. Yeah. This is like during the Snap era or what? No, so that wasn't even out. No? Snapchat was like... No, 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 not Snapchat. I'm what? talking about like, oh, I think they like that, me. Yeah, all I that, think they like me. All yeah. that shit. That's yeah. when all that shit was coming yeah. out, man. Yeah, my My uncle had told me some shit that stuck with me. I always asked him like, why you sleep with your basketball in the bed? Like, yeah. And he said... You got to dream about what you love. And make your dreams come true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's heavy. And I was little and when I be hearing like some deep shit, I think about it. Okay, yeah, that's going to stick with me, you feel me? So uh-huh. I end up using my notebooks, and I had probably like four, five notebooks, and I always went to sleep with them under my pillow. Yeah, I so swear. you've been manifesting this since you were like 11. For so long, man. I yeah. swear, for so long, man. Yeah, so tell me, um, at that age, who were the rappers, other than Wayne that you just mentioned, that were like really speaking to you? Bow Wow, yeah, Soldier Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, Fucking Travis Porter. Yeah. Um... Rich kids, like I was up on the like I I got a I had a I was a YouTube kid. Yeah. Before this shit even these kids was YouTube. Like my grandma used to have to cut the computer off yeah. in the morning when she go to work because when she got off work I was on the computer. When she went to work I was on the computer. When she went to sleep I was on the computer. Yeah. You feel me? So, but I'm always on YouTube just like either looking up lyrics. I used to watch Alvin and the Chipmunks versions of shit all the time. Like yo, Alvin I, and the Chipmunks <laughs> was my shit as yes, a kid. Like, I fucking what is that? Why did why does that speak to kids so much? Oh 
Um, that's probably why I rap the way I rap now because Alvin and Chipmunks. Yo, that's the melodies. <laughs> yeah, and YouTube used to always make every song a Chipmunk version. They yeah. don't do it a lot now, but it was always a version of a, you gotta stab like yeah. this to be a son. Like, it was a version of everything. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. they made, they probably, I realize now as I'm talking to you, like, they created that. But I got a feel for, like, Melodies. melodies you don't even gotta be really saying nothing it could be your melody just catch me and it, yeah. and it just be like ah. Oh. well because that's what i was gonna mention in listening to your music is that it is so melodic and so uh instinctually musical you know what i mean and like you're really finding interesting pockets and stuff like that um but i have to wonder i'm you're not doing that when you're 12 years old are you you're, like that like sing songy rap wasn't even really a thing back then see right? back then yeah. I, I i used the tune yeah you're probably gonna find a you could probably find some songs from like 2013 like yeah cutting up like those was melody yeah, but most of the time yeah. i was on some when i really knew how to do this shit i was on some g herbo shit you know oh yeah like i was hard yeah. rapping like i was i was still rapping about life i was still you know but my first thing that really made me pop bro was finito yeah of course and it was a you ain't, you ain't heard me rap like if you listen to it you ain't heard me rap like that in so long it was some real aggressive like gang shit yeah. ignorant type shit you know and they yeah. was loving it and it started like getting me you know I was out west knew me then south knew me east and they ain't really take it serious then though so you were getting like a little bit of a buzz around I was Chicago. building my buzz on my own and like, this is what when you're like 14 years old 13 years 15, old 15 uh, 14 15 16 yeah and I ain't really think I ain't really think about like getting back into the studio until I got into high school because my goal was like I I I, I told myself okay I'm a chill I'm a chill when I got to high school start school yeah. I'm going to take English so serious. I'm going to get my vocabulary up. Oh, yeah. That's what is the plan. That was the plan. Right. I'm getting school. I'm going to learn some new shit. Get my vocab up and shit. Wow. And, of course, I did good my first two semesters. First two quarters. Yeah. And high school really changed me around. And then it's like high school, they heard me. And next thing you know, they play me and they speak us. Wow. My school was supportive, and I can't, I, I ain't go to an all black school. Yeah, oh, really? I went to, I was in there with Mexicans, Indians, blacks, Puerto Ricans, everybody. Like, yeah. And they was my peoples. And to this day, like, I just dropped. They all share my song. That's dope. They still fuck with me. Like, they, it was always genuine my school. So, you, Chicago, yeah, seems to really support their own, right? Not really. Not no? Not really. No. Okay. No, I was, I would not say they do because it's like so much diversity because of, violence and then yeah. like we can't even keep the music and social media separate from the streets these days yeah so it's like everybody just be like dick riders and following the, other, the next person nobody okay. never like real and be like like i don't like him but we all do like the same shit i don't like him but you cool with both of us yeah but for some reason, he make you stop liking me or I make you stop liking him. Lame shit. Yeah. You feel me? And yeah. that's how it is because they be scared to just be like, nah, bro, that ain't, you feel me? That's your shit. Right. You feel me? And then on top of that, if people don't even know you, ain't got to know you, ain't never met you, they could like what you do, but they won't do it because of like what you got going on in the streets. Mm. The streets is literally music and social media. Now, it's not even the streets no more. Right. So it's like support. You're going to be fighting for support. Because the politics of the street enter into the exactly. social media and enter into the music, and then and then and look at look, look at what times we living in. Though. This era, it's not it's like not really passion and who really want to do it or who talented. It's a lot about popularity and like they don't want to make the real shit popular. Right. They don't. Right. 
Um, tell me, well, speaking of just being in Chicago and in the thick of it, I mean, the 2010s was really like the Chicago's best, era. Like that, Chicago was the city of Chicago and Atlanta. Those were the two cities really, right? Those the best Of that years. decade. So, so what was it like growing up in the thick of that with, with Chicago rap just having such a huge moment in, in, that started really like in what, 2010-ish? It right? did. Yeah. You know, I was one of the, I was the one of the ones that brought the South Side drill music to my side of town. Wow. To a school. Yeah. Actually, I was the one that put, hey, like, they go tell you. Yeah. Then when I went to school, I, I put them on King Louie and Chief Keith. Yeah. Yeah. I did that, you know, like, because yeah. I knew them. Niggas. How'd you find out about them? Because my cousin, when they tore the projects down, yeah. my cousins I was living in the projects with, they, they mama end up getting CHA South. So she moved in, like, the Robert Taylors. Uh, oh, they, yeah. They love recreation. When they out there, when I go to I go to her house on weekends and shit, I'm starting to see little other shit. I'm hearing music, and he's showing me like my cousin put me up on them. Then I went to school putting everybody else up on them. Yeah. And then before you do it, like damn, King Louie got the blowing up. Yeah. Chief Keith got the blowing up and shit like that. So it all come from the South Side, man. Like South Side started the music, but them was our best years. Yeah. Herb, Dirk, Bibby, uh, King Louie. You feel me? Yeah. All them niggas. W- would you see like these legends just walking around, or like would you ever run some, into? Yeah. Hell yeah! At some point in time, you would. Yeah. At some point in time, you would because, it, like Chicago, like they don't be a lot of niggas ain't the Hollywood f- act ain't hit into like. 2015, 2016, niggas didn't even know how to be Hollywood or, yeah. like, act popular. Niggas still walk to the store. Niggas still go to the gas station. Yeah. Niggas still go to the club. Niggas still pull, pull up the parties, rapper or not. You feel right, me? Niggas right. still going to Adriana's and shit. Like, it was still that, like, until it got, like, being, got to being a, a serious thing with your safety. Right. And who you is. You feel me? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Niggas got to tighten it up real hard because Chicago, so to the point where, like, you you barely going to see people from Chicago do shows in Chicago. I mean, a lot of shows in Chicago are, like, banned there, right? Not even banned. It's like any other place. You go to Atlanta, these clubs booking you. Yeah. These clubs booking you. Clubs yeah. want to book people, too. They used to book people. But it's like it brings too much commotion. People, you can't have too many black people in one place at one time. Yeah. I mean, that's just America for you. America, that's, period. That's but, some... like, Chicago, like, I remember it was times where, Black people could be in one place at one time. Yeah. I'm glad I got to see that. You right. feel me? Like, my sisters, them will never know what it'd be like to be all in one place at one time around black people. No guns, no fight, no nothing. Right. And everybody go home. Right, right. Yeah, I, I've been there before. Um, So tell me, during this era of, like, your adolescence, like, 12 years to 15 years where you're starting to get your music shit together, like, do your grandparents and your parents take note of this? Do they start helping facilitate this? Like, oh, you, maybe you need a mic. Maybe you need a little home studio. Nah, see on my Christmas list, I used to always ask for like, especially with my grandma, cause I knew she was gonna give me everything, piano and microphone and shit. But I ain't really get it. She got me a little drum thing before though. Yeah. So my daddy was the only one really supportive of my dream from this jump. Cause he saw himself in you, right? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So it was like no matter what I was rapping about, no matter what I was talking about, he was with it from the jump. Yeah. So you know, and what I was ta- rapping about coming up. First, like it won't really none that my grandma want to hear or my granddaddy want to hear. Yeah, you know. So, but I started making noise, and I I just started trying to change the way I rap. Period, though, because I have little boys looking up to me. Yeah, and it be it be fucking with me sometimes. Like, damn, these kids like really listening to us rappers. Right, and I'm a female, and for 
little boys to look up to me like I'm a whole motherfucking man out here. Yeah. And feel that way about me. Right. Then I gotta be trying to lead some type of way, a dead away, you know? So like my songs be I'm I'm switching subjects on you. Nah, go ahead. <laughs> my songs just be like, you know, real shit trying to stay like give people hope in my music like yeah. if you need this, some motivation you go to the gym put some Ali on man keep yeah. it going you ain't gonna stop you know that's how I try to be I still I still got gang shit in me but it's, yeah. it ain't what you do it's how you do it so how I talk it different yeah you know I always say this isn't like fucking Vlad TV or nothing but I, I am interested in hearing about your experience in the Chicago streets because yeah, you do rap about street shit and it, and it sounds authentic and it sounds like you experienced some things. So I'm wondering about like getting off the porch, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So coming up, I've been, I was gang banging. Like I was bad as fuck. Were you getting in trouble with the law and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. My first time it's crazy. Cause I had, some just had made me think about it. Me and Jack had was doing something. And I'm like, you know what's crazy? Uh, my first song drop, I think yeah. drink on the block with the label. And I'm like, you know what's crazy? This was the day I ever got, I ever first got locked up. Oh, wow. And yeah. I was in like, it was on the anniversary. I was in seventh grade. Oh, wow. And we had a gang fight in school. Yeah. And instantly the principal was tired of us. And like every time we fight, she was sending us straight to the police. Yeah. And they taking us to the district and our parents picking us up. So then it came from like fighting. Like we used to really call our ops and meet up and do shit like that. Like I really came from that. I really experienced it. I done got been in. I could have died yeah. a couple times, you know, like fire so close to me, you know. Yeah. But that shit ain't just, it drove me to like try to be better. You yeah. feel me? Like to get out. Because all them times, something could have happened. I was saved, you know. Yeah. So it's like I got to, I got to, I, I feel like I got to make this count. I, that's what's so interesting to hear is that it sounds like you had all these teachers and all these authority figures like really riding for you like yo SG is talented like let's keep her involved in the music and stuff so like how are you still finding time to get involved in the street shit when you're so busy with the music see, shit too see still to this day yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not a a big rapper yet yeah you feel me so when you come from something I still gotta make time for my family yeah music for sure it's my career. Yeah. And I still got to have a way to make money. Yeah. So the, the streets was the money. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah I, I take risks. So, you know, yeah. so it's like when I get money, you you got different forms of getting money. When I first started getting money, I was posting on a block and I was selling it and then let them come to me, you know. Yeah. And I got locked up four different times for that. Uh. And I got caught with a gun before and shit like that. Yeah. But it wasn't like if I had a gun and my intentions is to protect myself. It yeah. wasn't to go kill somebody. You feel right, me? Right, right, So, like, I took risks and, and I done bent down. I done been. I'm, I'm just getting off papers, probation for two years, you Congratulations. know? Congratulations. So, it's like I took a lot of risk and I seen a lot of shit. And I seen, like, I seen my my friends and family take the same risk and lose themselves and yeah. lost their life you feel me yeah yeah so it's like once you you see a change is either gonna change you or you gotta change you know yeah yeah so i'll be trying to change it talk to me about the family dynamic as you're getting in trouble with the law how does grandma and grandpa respond like do you have do they kick you out like are you still welcome in the house my granddaddy wasn't aware he, he wasn't aware he was aware. He wasn't really aware. Yeah. But if it was school, he was the one coming to get me. Yeah. Now, like, my grandma, if I just got locked up and she heard about it, yeah, I don't really call her. Yeah. You feel me? I'll be, I'll be ashamed. Yeah, of course. You feel me? Because yeah. 
come in. I told you my family work hard. Yeah, of course. I got money from my granddaddy damn near every Friday. Mm-hmm. You feel my mama probably told me now. My daddy probably told me now. But my grandma and my granddaddy never told me now. So you feel me? Like, but my mama kept a roof over our head, clothes, you know, what she had to do. Yeah. I came from that. But at the same time, you know, being young, you got wants and needs. Of course. And it drove you to something else. They want my mama start being aware of it. My grandma, it slowed her down from giving me money. Like, my after my first time getting locked up and she knew I was getting high shit, she stopped giving me, like, a lot of money. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. When you become a part of the system at that young of an age, how difficult is it to, like, stop that perpetual cycle and get out of it? I mean, it sounds like you're just now getting out of it, yeah? It's about moving way smarter. Yeah, yeah. Literally. If you, especially if you're going to do something, you it's about moving way smarter. You probably yeah. got to change. You probably could still do the same thing, but you probably got to change this. And you probably got to change how you go about it. You probably got to change how you get it. You feel me? Yeah. So that way you 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 taking the chances off, taking a few chances off. And yeah. You got this little risk a little bit now. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Did you end up staying in school? Yeah, I graduated. You graduated? High school. Amazing. I, I, I wasn't going to college. I told yeah. my mom and though. No college no plans. No college, no. By the time you graduated high school, that's probably around the first time that you come out to L.A. or what? Yeah. I ain't, I ain't take my first trip until I was out of high school. Yeah. You yeah. feel me? Once I was 18, it was on and popping with me. Like, I started doing a lot of stuff. And I, I wish I took music serious before I got out of high school, but yeah. I started taking it more serious when I got out. Right. Yeah. Life got boring. Um, what does taking it more serious look like? Like, I started trying to save my money. Yeah. And stop asking people for stuff and do it on my own. Try to invest in yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And if I knew that when I was 13, 14, 15, yeah. when my grandma and my granddaddy was giving me all this money and I was making money doing this and that, yeah. I would have been, you know? Already a step so, ahead. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you start meeting you know producers that you still work with to this day other rappers that you work with to this day around that time um, no you just start and networking everybody more at that yeah point? i started i started going different because in chicago i don't know it'd be like some of us don't be on the same level we be on different times a lot and i don't like to like be like i ain't fucking with him because it is so he be phony this i know everybody the shit busy that's a busy life it's a busy job yeah. but you know you you start to get disconnected with people because shit like that so all the producers and shit i was fucking with i can't even name one i still talk to really no yeah yeah other than more you know what i'm gonna get my man it's like 905 and major yeah i still fuck with them them one people them one set of people that like since the beginning of this shit they're taking it serious to the end to now i still fuck with them yeah yeah how do you start meeting all the producers that you're working with uh, of the stuff that's online right now social media yeah and like people connecting you yeah. you know it's just be easy. It's like Facebook and shit, like a black market. Who yeah. got a studio? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Were you ever in that phase where you're on YouTube looking up tight beats? Oh, yeah, that was my favorite thing to do. Yeah, what what tight beats? Oh, uh, you know, me. I would, I, once I figured out YouTube make your own beat for you. Yeah. And he, I put all the names that I like. Yeah. Who I, and then all they type of beats come up. So it's probably like fucking, like at this moment now, I'm fucking Rod Wave, Dirk, Tusi, yeah. Young Boy, you feel me? If yeah. I'm, But I barely... YouTube, no. Uh, yeah, how frequently are you writing these days? All the time? Or just when you're in the studio? I be trying to. Now, when I'm out here, it be mostly like in the studio because I don't be coming with nothing ready. But if I'm at home, I got my own setup and shit. So it be like I could be practicing all yeah. night as I want. 
right then and there. Or sometimes I'll get up with my homie Cole. Yeah. And go in there and lay, lay some shit I already made at home down so nice. it can sound good. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you something really personal? What's the deal? Uh, was it difficult growing up in Chicago as a queer black woman? No. No. I came out at sixth grade. You came out in sixth grade? Yep. I came out of sixth grade. Like, and what was I, the reaction? Uh, shit. My mama was fucked up, but as I always, the main one who always was with me, rolling with me, was my daddy. Your dad was like, you're so, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. I ended up moving with my daddy at the time because me and my mama was tweaking on some shit. But everybody accepted me. Like, I probably made the shit cool, you know? Yeah. I came out early. Yeah. A lot of people in Chicago came out when they was in high school. Oh, yeah. Not me. Not me. I was born like this. Nipped it in the bud. <laughs> I was born like this. Red. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I knew from the jump what I wanted. Well, that was an easy conversation then. That wasn't even that personal, I guess. You're like, <laughs> I've been doing this since I was 12. Fuck it. I've been doing this for too long, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So when you start taking the music more seriously after high school, how long is it until people in the industry or industry adjacent start taking notice of you? It took a long time. Yeah. A long time, a long, very long time. Just last year. Really? Two years, yeah. Like, yeah. I came up recording from phone. Yeah. And posting all my videos on Facebook. And they used to go That's viral. what I was going to I was gonna ask. Like, were you like a Facebook rapper, a yeah. YouTube rapper? Yeah, and or? That's the, they, my videos would go viral. I get like a thousand shares and two thousand. I did, And the first thing that went viral was, you know that song, Zoyo, and I build a snowman? Yes. I just tweaked on that shit. Yeah. Like, no, no, no beat, no nothing. You just rapped straight over that song? Just rapped over it and made my own version, and they was fucking with it. Then I made some shit like, um, like seeing a whole bunch of girls' name. Yeah. And what they did, you know, how they is. Like, that went viral. A lot of my videos on Facebook went viral, especially my old, old page. Like, it was so much shit was going viral that I still can't get yeah. into that page, bro. Um, so did people start to... People were showing me so much love. Like, off that little shit, people were showing me love. And I want to get it, like, the whole city. But they were showing me love. Yeah, like, yeah. They was fucking with me. That's dope. Especially before... And, and at that time, I was still in, like, high school. I was living with my grandma and shit, just upstairs recording shit off the camera and shit, or at my auntie crib. Yeah. And at that time, I was just like... It was a, it was it wasn't how it is now. Right. So much popularity and bullshit and fool shit. Like people was really rocking. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Of course. Facebook. Facebook really a part of my dream too. That's amazing. For sure, they a part of it. Yeah. Fuck Facebook now though. For sure, because I'm at ten on the on the on the, on the IG. I'm finna leave Facebook alone, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's for locals, man. I mean, it's just so weird that Instagram is owned by Facebook anyway. So it's like even if you want to get off Facebook, you can't really get off Facebook. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They just own everything. Uh, I, don't, I don't like that yeah me neither they block you for saying fuck they yeah. block you for saying bitch I got blocked 30 times for saying fag on Facebook or a dyke like, no shit no cap I got 30 days for that shit like, yeah. yeah bullshit and now they'll, they'll go to something you made like 2-3 years ago and block you as you start um traveling more with the rap music is LA the only city you were visiting or were you going out to New York sometimes were you trying no, to just get it wherever you could not yet not yet it's really just Cali I'm yeah. finding my way I would really say no matter how long I've been no matter how long I've been working yeah this is literally the beginning yeah of course so yeah I spend most of my time in LA working finding my swag getting it together you feel me they yeah. building myself so yeah LA mo only well, mostly 
I, well, really, only I had just did a live video in Memphis. Yeah. With Wicked Films. Uh-huh. About, like, the only musically thing I did other than Cali. Okay. So, when does it get to the point that you start meeting your team members then? Um, Once the deal was, I think. Well, no, so, how does the deal come I don't about? even think the, I don't know, I forgot. Man, I swear, like, it happened, like, Jack... He was, I don't even remember how me and him met. Uh-huh. And I came down here my first couple times. I met him probably like my second trip. And he was just in the studio. And everybody, every time I came down here, I just like, I don't remember how they came. And I just know we they was cool with the with my old manager and shit. Yeah. But he was just one person that kept tapping in with me. Yeah. He would te- text me on Twitter, and I probably responded to him like two months later. Yeah, yeah. He still responded. Yeah, like big time in image. Yeah, shit. so he like, um, you know what, just give me your number. I ended up giving him my number. And he like sent me some songs and shit. And I was sending him little music. And he'll be like, man, I be playing my music to my, fr- to my friends and this and this. And then one day he just called me like, um talking about it like this could go and we was talking about it that shit probably took like five four to six months to even get settled yeah we was talking about it for so long and and that just showed that dev just going for so long to show me show me how like how legal you gotta be with this shit yeah oh yeah you gotta get lawyers got, and all that yeah shit. like it showed me like how legal you gotta be and then yeah. like after that it was but before that we was working before i even met them yeah. Before we even name was on paper, it was work from yeah. the, from the jump. Like it was work, studio work, beats work. Yeah. You feel me? Um, coming out here and being in the studio, would you you write for other people sometimes too? I ain't wrote for other people in like since like twenty sixteen, eighteen. I stopped. Oh really? Yeah, I stopped. I was doing it for people in Chicago, and okay. I was only charging like you know two hundred dollars a song. Yeah, but yeah. Well, because with how great your melodies are, I could really see you getting a, a, a fantastic publishing deal and writing hooks for people and shit. For you know? sure. One day. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen soon. Who knows? And I won't be writing up a, a, a pill for people. It'll just be all for myself. Right now, I don't even really like consider writing for people either because... Um, I might say I might say gold. some right. I yeah. might say some raw shit in your song That's that could right. be said for mine. You know. That's right. And shit, I might need that line because sometimes I be running dry and running e. Yeah. Got to reboot. You know. I, I totally understand. <laughs> That's funny. So after the deal gets signed, um, how does life change? Well, more work. Yeah. Like you see me working. More than ever. Yeah. I'm more in the studio. I'm more involved in music now. Yeah. Like, I could really, I got a team behind me, and that's that's just so different than doing it by yourself. Yeah. And I could tell you now, my, my dreams was always to stay independent. But, you see, coming up, you got to realize sometimes you can't do everything by yourself. Yeah, and it takes a lot of trust to give yeah. up some of that um, they gave me, control. They made me feel comfortable. Like That's great. And then it wasn't like, I ain't got the best deal, but I definitely ain't got the worst. Like, right. I got a decent-ass deal with some decent-ass guidelines and rules, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. And so does it free up a lot of... It take a lot of stress off That's what I was going to say. Does it take a lot of the anxiety? It take a lot of stress off Yeah, because me. now you have meals coming, do, you got a roof over your head, and now you can just concentrate on writing raps, yeah? I do that. Yeah. It just... I just got to work. Yeah. That's all I got to do now. Just yeah. work. Meet them halfway. Are you a workaholic? Sometimes, yeah, yeah, but not all the time. It, 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 it sometimes I'm, I'm not even gonna say all the time because yeah. sometimes I would spend like my whole night. I won't go to sleep till like six or seven, but that's like my regular schedule, you know. Yeah, I used to work more back than I do now. Yeah, I was work, probably writing like five songs a day. Holy shit! 
And that was acapella, though. Yeah, without even beats. Yeah, because I, I really changed a lot yeah. over the years. Like, I went from not writing to writing, and then to writing to no beat to writing to a beat. Because I ain't going to even lie to you. It used to be hard as fuck writing to a beat. Why? I was just getting into it. Yeah. I was just starting to write to a beat. I always used to rap off my head. I was going to say, did you, like, not know how to count bars and shit like that? I ain't know how to do none of that. I won't even lie to you. I swear I didn't. But it was just like, okay, where do I come in? Or, like, yeah. you feel right. like... Count me in. Like, right, where One, I come two, in. Three, huh. And then I just started practicing. The first beat I ever really did was um, Chief Keef Global Now. Yeah. But you're not going to find that song because I got insecure at the time and deleted it. Yeah. Yeah, so I got insecure at the time and deleted a lot of old stuff that would have meant something, though, you know? Right, right, For right. For sure. Yeah. When you say you didn't used to write, you just mean, like, everything used to be freestyle. Freestyle. And then you start writing stuff down. And now are you at a point where, like, you don't actually write? You just kind of memorize stuff in your head? Or are you still no, writing stuff on a pen I'm pen? so I'm so much of a writer yeah. that I write everything. Really? I don't freestyle nothing. Yeah. And I'm not even, like, scared to say I don't because I came from that. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, yeah. been freestyling. Like, I've been doing that. But I like to write because you're putting thought into everything that you fucking saying. Do you prefer uh, pen and paper or do you prefer, like, on your keyboard wrote, or on your phone? I write on my phone. Yeah, on your phone. On my phone because I lost all my notebooks. So I'm, I'm not going down that road again. How'd you lose them? They're probably still under your pillow. <laughs> Man, that under the pillow you used to sleep with. <laughs> man, it was on, on. I swear I don't know how I lost that shit. Probably once my mama brought me my first, first iPhone. Yeah, yeah. And stop being real careless. It is amazing to have like a a, a notepad in your fucking. Pocket and then on at top of times, that, if I lose you know, my that, phone, yeah, my notes are pop it's all right in the back iCloud. Up. You know what I'm saying? Like you're good. Yeah, the technology. Safe. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now that you do have the deal, you got the team behind you, um, you know, people are advocating for you. I mean, that's how I found out about you because of your team. And I was like, oh, wow, this shit is amazing. Yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? So, you know, what do you do now? Are you um, going to keep releasing singles? Or are you going to start working on a project? No, right now I'm working on my project. That's why I'm out here right now putting up my last for this touches because um, I didn't stand on business at home I could have been doing it at home yeah, but I only yeah. did like four songs but that's cool I'm out here working getting my mind right putting the last finishing touches this finna be my very first and I always lied to the fans like oh, I'm gonna drop one this time I'm gonna drop one this time I'm gonna drop it it's finally happening this time you know no more no more, no false more bullshit like yeah. they be having me it's no bullshit if I say it it's that you yeah, know yeah. it's that that's dope Um, how does it feel to have it almost finished Right now, when I be uh, going through my songs, yeah. see me, I learned a lot of stuff like subject matter and how the process go and having your, your, your sound figured out and having your swag figured out and everything like that. So I used to just go with the flow. Yeah. Like if it was me, no team, nobody else, I probably would have dropped something with all type of different shit on it. Yeah. Thinking I'm doing something when it's probably, you know, it's a correct way to do a lot of things. Right, so right. since I've been working with them, they been really putting my mind together and showing me like this. This shit actually like like how have, to make a cohesive record exactly, with, a, with a solid sound. How to go about thing. social media, how to market, how to brand. Like I'm learning shit that nobody ever yeah, taught me. You know, that's amazing. And that's the thing is that even um, you know, God forbid, when the deal is over, like that's stuff that you'll be able to take with you if you for decide sure. to go independent in the future or to wherever you go with it. For you know? sure, for sure. Learning these things, teach a man to fish. You know, it's definitely fun though. It's fun, but. I ain't ever been like this what I asked for. I always ask God, like, just make me so busy, I don't got time to 
other stuff. Like, now I'm dead. That's dope. Like, it's I dead. always say I'd rather be busy than bored. Busy you know than I mean? fucking bored. Like, and that's just me too. So it's like, now that I got it, I'm seeing like, this shit really no sleep. Yeah. It's really, it's really got to put your mind to it and really fucking do it. Like, it be days I want to stop because I'm tired. But yeah. it ain't going to get me no more. Yeah, that's right. Even, that's right. When can people expect something? Like, not, not a date, but a rough s- estimation. Summer. This summer. This summer. That's fantastic. This summer. Yeah. So this is gonna be a real, real hot girl summer. This <laughs> 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 is gonna be a big summer. Drive the boat. You know. Yeah. Um, that'll be really dope. I'm excited for you. I'm excited myself. I swear. I'm saying I'm excited as fuck. I'm excited to hear what the cohesion sounds like and what that full project sounds like. Cause just listening to everything you have online right now, you know, yeah, it is an exciting sound. Like you, like I said, amazing melodies, great bars, um, beat selection is there. Like I, I think um, you are already a complete package. And so now that you've got the team making it even more complete, it's going to be really something that a lot of people are going to fuck with. So for sure, for congrats sure. on that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. That said, I think that we did what we came to do. We learned a lot about you. That was an amazing story. Thank you for being so open and honest. I love it. Um, before we get out of here, tell the people where they can find you online. Um, you can find me online on Instagram at Dirty Cash Santana. Yeah. Um, my Twitter. Spell that for people. Dirty Cash Santana. If you can't spell dirty yeah. or cash. That's just spelled Or normal. Santana. All spelled yeah, normal. Like, okay. I, don't got like, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. yeah no this, K's, no nothing like that. Yeah, okay. exactly yeah. the right, the correct way of spelling the words. And then on Instagram, I mean on Twitter, SG Ali. No underscore or nothing? You can find me on TikTok. What's my TikTok name, Jack? SG Ali underscore. I'm going to find you. I'm going to follow you on follow TikTok. Me, I'm man. out here. Follow me, man. I'm getting a hang of this shit. Yeah, year. yeah. I'm getting a hang of Yeah. Year. And then... um. Just look on just look on streaming YouTube, platforms. YouTube, SG Ali. Yeah. You type my name in, Spotify is yeah. going to pop up. Exactly. That's where I was listening to everything. <laughs> on Spotify, I'm sure it's on Apple Music and all that shit. So there you go. Uh, go check out SG Ali right now. Um, the, I, I just already know the project that's coming out this summer is going to be wonderful. I look forward to watching your growth and development as an artist because I think you have a super bright future. Um, and congrats on all the wins so far. You know, you're out here. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. It was an honor to do this. This was fun. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that that you thought it was fun that's tight the last thing i want to do is be boring <laughs> uh, so anyways my name is lee some of you guys might know me as intuition you could follow me online at it's intuition you could follow my man avery kentis behind the boards making the shit sound buttery at avery kentis you can follow us as a unit at kind of neat kind of neat.net where everything is wrapped up in a pretty package instagram twitter all that shit kind of neat and um youtube.com slash kind of neat where you're gonna see sg ali perform what song no reason no, a reason, a reason, a bad. reason. Well, a reason. yeah, there it was. There was no reason. Now there is a reason. <laughs> no, she's gonna be performing a reason, and um, be sure to check that out. I'm sure it's gonna be fire. For sure. So that said, that was SG Ali. I am Lee, and this was kind of neat. That's how we do it. Bet.